Hello, welcome to this, the first Nostalgia FC podcast with your hosts, me, Drew Hollins-Roberts. And myself, George Rees-Thomas. 2020 has been a bit of a weird year for everyone, um, but we thought we'd use our lockdown time to tune out a podcast because what does 2020 need if not another football podcast hosted by two white guys yeah i mean there's not many of them <laughs> no, it's a pretty niche market we found ourselves in so george tell us a bit about yourself oh like i said i'm george reese thomas i am a professional actor um obviously out of work at the moment uh but also i am part of management team in a bar at the moment in a sports bar which you know i think makes me perfect for this sort of pod. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Drew Hollins-Roritz. I work at a popular outdoor adventure venue, which shall be, not be named. Um, and yeah, I'm a massive football fan. George and I have grown up together. We've been best mates since we were about five. Um, we both share a love for football, but also a disdain for each other's teams. I am a massive Liverpool fan. And I am a big Manchester United fan, but I am also a season to, or was a season ticket holder at Wrexham FC before all of this. Yeah, so yeah, I can get on board with the Wrexham, not so much with the United. <laughs> the one thing we do share is a passion for the Welsh national football team, both Manly and Biff. Indeed. So a lot of our opinions will be different unless someone's talking about Wales, in which case they will be exactly the same. <laughs> which makes it perfect, I think. I think so. So, a bit about the pod. This podcast is not your average football podcast. It has a few variations on it, which makes it a little bit unique, or we like to think so anyway. So, every week, a guest will come on to talk to myself and George to give us their 1-11 to favourite football team of all time. Now, we're not talking best. We don't want someone to come on here and just give us their best players they've ever seen. We want their favourite 11. We want obscure players. We want players you've never heard of. We want players they've played with. We want players that make fun stories. So not just your average football team. We want a bit of variation in there. Then we will go on to uh, the person's favourite kit. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean one that is aesthetically pleasing. It can also be one where a team has done a specific moment in that kit. We'll then go on to the stadium Again, same thing applies. It doesn't necessarily have to be the nicest stadium in the world. It could just be one where a certain moment has happened that that person absolutely loves. So after they've chosen their starting 11 and super sub, we'll then ask them to choose a manager. Now, same uh, thing applies with this one. It doesn't necessarily have to be the best manager in the world. It could just be their favourite manager. And then we will go on to take a name of that particular person's football team. Now, this name can be absolutely anything and really the funnier the better Owen Quello welcome to this the first Nostalgia FC podcast yeah I'm excited yeah so are we it's going to be <laughs> a shambles but yeah it's going to be a shambles that's what we're here for so um, basically you are going to give us your favourite team of all time now we're not talking about best best is boring we want your favorite team so whoever you want in your whole experience of game of football throughout your whole life that's completely up to you so owen quilter who do you support i support west ham and wales 
All W's, ball choice. Yeah. We'll get Wales in there as well. Well, yeah. yeah. I think Wales... to see them more than I've seen last time play, so... <laughs> so pretty much the same level of football. Not Never going to break down any uh, football boundaries, but they're there playing, playing away. Right, so... Uh, Owen, what... We we both know you. Let's not beat around the bush here. Yeah, we've grown up together. We know you as the maverick goalkeeper. Broken your nose about a thousand times in various sports. So we thought you're the perfect person, the perfect football brain for this our first attempt at this podcast. So one to eleven, we'll do it one by one. Before we start anything else, what is your formation? Right, my formation is three, four, one, two. Three, four, so, one, so it could either be sort of a five, three, two, or more attacking. Right. Cool. So is, it like, is it like wing backs on either side of the four? It's like wing backs on either side. It was hard to get the players that I wanted into the formation that into the like any sort of set formation. So I had to so, play around with it. So basically, this could be an eleven of people you just jammed in to make it work. Rather than a cohesive eleven. Well, I think it's mostly a cohesive eleven. Maybe my right wing back might struggle defensively, but <clears throat> well, that's what we're here for. Yeah, Ben, let's get cracking. Right in okay. goal. Give starting it off with a player that no one will have heard of from Lithuanian team Saduva. Okay. It is goalkeeper Gitas Padimankis. I watched him play in a Champions League qualifier in Real, and it was okay. a game that it was a game that he lost three one. But he's still uh, the fact that he I noticed he came out and he had like these big like Champions League ears it looked like the trophy anyway. And all behind the first half, all the Real fans stand up, sit at one end behind the goal, and they take neck out of the air, the goalkeeper. And he, he must have gone in thinking, oh, my God, thank God that's over. But during half-time, as soon as the opposition goalkeeper goes on the pitch, all those fans get up and move to the other side. Classic so real. they cannot escape from the uh, the real ultras. So, obviously, I went, I was sat in the, that end anyway. So, all the real ultras came and sat with us. And they, he had the big ears, and they were all going, big ears, big ears. So, he turned around, got his hand behind his ears, and made, like, the elephant ears flapping thing. Then turned round and immediately made a top corner world, he say. Like he knew the ball was coming, he just went and then dived for it. So for one save, he is my goalkeeper. And that description right there is exactly why we wanted you on this podcast. <laughs> Nobody will go as in depth as that, and that's why we love it. So remind me of his name? Gitas Paddy Mankis. He's now forty eight years old and still playing for that club. Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. And he's from Lithuania, you said? Lithuania, yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's not where I thought we were going to start, in all yeah. honesty. Uh, but that's great. Cracking. All right. I was, so, going put, I was going to put myself in goal, but I didn't think I should do that. I thought I'll leave myself out of this team. Hey, it's, it's your team, mate. If you want to put yourself <laughs> in, you put yourself in. Sam, right. So, thank you for that. Um, so, you've told us you're going with the back three. So, I will take the first one as the right right-handed centre back if that's all right all right yeah right-handed centre back so it's a little less obscure it is now the 
the new Argentina boss, Lionel Scaloni, is going into my right centre-back position. Played at right-back for West Ham in the, uh, the FA Cup final when we lost to Liverpool. Uh, but I will always remember it for him making Jamie Carragher look like a dick. I mean, that's always a good... Yeah, a good reason to put in a harmless in. cross into the box that he tips over his own feet. <laughs> good lad, old Jamie. You always knew what he's doing. Well, mate. Well, what makes me laugh about this whole thing is I was thinking about this before we got you on, Owen. Was um, you two know a lot more obscure players than me, which is really funny because I'll always see you two putting like commenting each other in like quizzes on Facebook for like most obscure players who have played for ten different championship sides or something like that and you always get like four marks in it and secretly without you knowing I always take part in those quizzes and I think majority the highest I've got is like five <laughs> and that's like on a good day so yeah well if there might be some if we get anything out of this podcast especially this individual podcast is to improve your knowledge for future there you go for there future you go. ones there you go right go on then Quilts give us your centre centre back right you should all know my centre centre back because we've we've all played with our centre centre my centre centre back and it is Harry Thomas. But <laughs> old has it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was going down a different path completely. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, didn't. I don't think, including Harry Thomas, I don't think anyone's expecting Harry Thomas to be in someone's favourite right. heaven of all time. Well, well, for the phrase "assist to the assist," which is just going to live in my memory forever. And the fact that I've had more clean sheets playing with him in front of me than any other defender. So he's got to go in there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Can't argue with that. That's um... <laughs> So give me a context for um, the listener. Uh, Owen and myself and now George play for a six side team called Baker's Dozen in honour of a very dear friend of mine named Jordan. And Owen is the goalkeeper. And in our very mixed ability team... Harry is the centre-back who loves to ping the ball forward and claim the assist to the assist. So not the assist, not the something that people want, the assist to the assist, and then claims that's almost as good as a goal. So, I mean, is it you did a promising start with um, Lithuanian big ears and West Ham right back, but now you've got Harry Thomas and you've lost me a little bit. So let's see if you bring it, bring it forward a little bit with your left-handed centre-back. Hopefully, I can bring it back with the left-handed centre-back. Well, let, let's see, let's see. In my opinion, the greatest defender of all time, Paolo Maldini. All right, OK, yeah. I, I cannot do a fantasy eleven of any kind without putting him in because he is the best defender that's that's been, in my opinion. I mean, I'd, I'd probably back you up on that. I'd like, growing up watching him and everything like that, especially when Milan were at the height they were at, it was insane. Yeah, I mean, in a world where Titus Bramble exists, I have to question it a little bit. But... <laughs> Titus Bramble. Oh, I oh, mean, that's a little insight to Drew's eleven. Ooh, I mean, it's definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, Paolo Maldini, AC Milan, Italy legend. Can't argue with that. One of the best to ever play the game, let alone defenders. So that is a mixed bag for the first four players. Great head of hair as well. Yeah, well, that doesn't matter in this team, but. No, no, that's it. Here we go. We just figured out the roles. I'll bring the football knowledge. You bring the hair knowledge. There you go. Yeah, I'll just tell you what they look like. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hot or not, that's your segment. Right, Owen. So, your formation, you've told us at the beginning, was three, four, one, two. So, the four, 
I'm going to go with one of the wide players. Is it like a natural wide player or is it like a wing back sort of thing? Uh, so they're both sort of natural wide players, both my left and right ones. But I'd say my left wing back is probably better defensively than my right wing back. Okay. Well, uh, let's go with your left wing back first then. Ah, do you know what? Because it's another it's another player that we've played with before. And it came with uh, probably the greatest goal I've ever seen. My left wing back is George Thomas. Oh, oh, mate. <laughs> the, the, uh, the goal against um, Colwyn United, was it? It was the knee over. Oh, so prob- probably, probably, like, I'm, I'm flattered, absolutely flattered that I'm in your team. Anyone who does end up listening to this and doesn't know about me playing football, I'm by far, like, probably average at best. But I've had some above average moments, including this one, where, was it Colwyn United? I think it was Sanfadechan. Yeah, I thought it was as well. And um, I can't remember. I, I'm sure we were playing in Aris Park at the time. That's why I thought it was Colin United. Ah, it was banana pitch. Yeah, it was banana pitch. Yeah. Um, we'll get, sorry, we'll get to, on. <laughs> sorry to stample on your thing, Owen, but we'll tell it properly. All right, go on. No, it just I, probably the best moment of my footballing career. I remember it coming to me. I can't remember fully because this is a few years ago now. I'm probably close to 10. But... Um, I chested it down without it hitting the floor, kneed it over someone, still in the air, headed it over someone, got to the halfway line and just thought in my head, F it, hit it as hard as I could. Now, I will put my hands up to this day and say that when I hit it initially, I was hoping for, you know, a Steven Gerrard-esque rocket into the top corner. It's not exactly how it went because it just went up, (laughs) if I remember rightly. And just dropped in behind the keeper. But yeah, my best goal to date. So, but yeah, I'll take that. I yeah, think in my notes, I just wrote Thunder Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> two, two things to address here. So one, George isn't exaggerating. It was, I think, the best goal I've seen in my whole life, including in professional football teams where I've seen play Anfield and stuff like that. And the second thing... Um, in that interaction there, George said F it and then Owen said Thunder Bastard. So let's just address this. We can swear. It's all right. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure. No, it's all right. Sorry, Mum. <laughs> and, and Lizzie. And any other people that know us that want to listen. If you don't like it, it's too far gone now because you've already heard it. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I did hear Owen swear earlier and I was like, we haven't actually addressed this. So yeah, it's all right. Too, but yeah. Do oh, we, yeah, like, seeing as this is Owen's time. guest appearance on the show and we all played for the same team and it was addressed about the banana pitch Owen do you want to <laughs> do you want to let us know what the banana pitch was right the banana pitch was uh, a place called Bryn Puddu where it used to it was our home pitch when we played for a team called Penabrain. Um and essentially it didn't matter how long the pitch was there was that much of a curve in it the goal posts were closer to each other than they should have been <laughs> So you could easily, I could easily hit the crossbar with a, a kick out of my hands from the from my goal. Yeah, it was also, it, the ball would just roll to the centre of the pitch because it just dipped down in the centre. And I tell you what, on a rainy day, I remember it being hard work. <laughs> if, if ever you were attacking, you were going uphill either way. That was the very start of my decision making in football where I decided not to run 
because <laughs> it was too much effort. And that has now transcended into flat pitches and anywhere else in my life. <laughs> thanks, but thanks, banana pitch. All right, getting off topic. Let's get back on it. So, do you want to go wing, other wing back, or do you want to bring it across the middle and go across that way? Your choice. Right, let's go other wing back. All right, let's go. My right wing back is uh, ex Wrexham player Carlos Edwards. Oh, very nice. Yeah, so I remember we, I went to watch Wrexham play, and he came and he was on the pitch, and he was just like this. He's levels above this league. And then, like, the year after, he was playing in the World Cup for Trinidad and Tobago. And I was like, <laughs> I've seen that guy. <laughs> yeah, there's not there's not many international players that uh, play for Wrexham, but uh, he is one of them. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. I, I like that one. Strong choice. Right, let's move into the midfield. Right, so the only one that didn't have any notes, central midfielder Mark Noble. Obviously, I'm a massive West Ham fan, and he's missed the West Ham. He had to go in the centre of midfield. Yeah, enough said on that one. I think excellent player, loyal servant to the great club West Ham. Probably unlucky not to play more games for England, to be honest. Oh, 100%, I think. Yeah, I think with the amount of effort he puts into playing for West Ham, if he could put 20% of that into playing for England, probably would have done a good job. It, would it be right in thinking that he's your captain as well? Yeah, or he's am I def- jumping the gun. No, he would definitely be the captain on this side. It's got that leadership. What a player. What a player. How long has he been at West Ham now? Oh, it's it's, his entire... So he's 33 now, and I think he made his first team appearance when he was like 16 or something. Well, I just just, uh, did a little uh, quick research on Mr. Mark Noble. Mark Noble, born in 1987, represented England at every youth level, even captain the under-21s, but never played for England. Not once. Never? Not once. Not no, a single time. That's insane. That is a travesty. Although, as a Wales fan, I don't really care that much. <laughs> On to the next midfielder. Yep, right. there you go. So it was, it was nearly another West Ham midfielder here in Scott Parker. But uh, I've never heard Scott Parker yell his own name before slamming a free kick into the top bins in what I can only describe as the best free kick in my life. Uh, so it went to possibly the worst footballer we've ever seen in Mr. Joe Seeley. <laughs> oh, this has fallen apart so quickly. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, if we, thought, <laughs> if we thought that Harry Thomas was a bit of a curveball. This is... This isn't even a curveball. This is me putting the football on the floor and rolling it. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I I'm speechless. So, Owen, explain why you've put Joe Seeley in the right. team. Who is he first? If everyone does know. Joe's one of our uh, our good friends, and he is absolutely useless at sport of just all kinds. Uh, so when he offered to start playing football on the five-a-side team with us, we were gobsmacked. And rightly so, because apart from the fact that he just, his complete lack of athletic ability, which he will admit to, um, he scored quite possibly the greatest free kick I've ever seen in my life. And then it immediately got disallowed. I was going to say, were we going to leave out the part that that goal was definitely not allowed? I can't remember why it wasn't allowed. Because he couldn't take direct free kicks in the <laughs> Leisure Leagues yeah. in real. Yeah. But yeah, he. He, uh, as he hit the ball, I think he shouted Seeley Cannon to my knowledge. Um, and it, it top bins, <laughs> it was 
you had an opportunity there, Owen, to have that moment in history changed. You could have told people that that was not disallowed, and we could have had it that Joe would be a legend forever. But no, <laughs> you took his dream. Ruins the punchline, doesn't it? If we say. <laughs> <it like that. laughs> I mean, the fact that the reason you put him in your team is for a disallowed goal is quite is quite uh, something. Really. I think that sort of sums up how the team's gone so yeah. far. I mean, I'd ne- I never thought I'd see a team with Joe Seeley playing alongside Mark Noble. I don't know a lot if anyone ends up listening to this. Um, I know people don't know who Joe Seeley is, but it's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, well... Um, yeah, I guess. So you're only having him for that one free kick. No, no other instances in his footballing career. Just that one moment. I mean, with with Mark, he, he did do. In his fairness, a lot of the a lot of the tackling in that team because everyone else was busy doing all the rest of the football. So the fact that he's, he's my sort of midfield destroyer there, which is uh, considering I describe him as the Muppet from the Ed Sheeran video sing. That's what it looks like. Uh, Right. <laughs> he's my midfield destroyer alongside Mark Noble we'll do a bit more of the passing okay <laughs> Con, I mean here. you can argue with that because it's absolutely outrageous but we won't because it's your <laughs> team it's your choice it's your team and that's that is what is great about this uh, concept as well is anyone can go into this team so and it's the, it's the guest's choice so <laughs> it certainly would not be anybody else's choice <laughs> maybe his own yeah, wow, don't even think that. Right, <laughs> Miss Quilter, hit us up. Who's next? Central attacking midfield, Jason Kumas. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's a solid agreement there, I think. <laughs> and we were all there. Wales versus Norway, where he absolutely ripped them apart. Like the Welsh caca. The <laughs> <laughs> Welsh caca. I think yeah. we called him that at the time, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Very mercurial talent, Jason Kumas. It's one of them where he could have made it big time, but never did. Shame, really. Yeah, he just really did. He but just yeah. disappeared, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, we were all there. Wrexham, race course, under the lights. I touched Robert Inshaw's head. It was a great night. <laughs> yeah, I remember you running down for that one. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great night. So it's just for that game. No other instances of his career. Well, what he, you he, he always performed, didn't he? But that, that was the one that stood out in my head because he was just like levels above everyone else. I mean, just just searching him up here, and this is only Wikipedia, so get like, I forgive, forgive me if I'm wrong. But the teams that's got he's played for here, there was no like top teams, was there? Because there was Tranmere Rovers, Cardiff City, I guess, and West Brom. You could argue, uh, and Wigan. There's no like, no top six club or anything like that. No, he's um, Everton Academy, wasn't he? So he's he's from Liverpool. Oh, I didn't know that. We won't judge him for that. I read, <laughs> I read an article about him just because he like sort of disappeared because he just got bored of being in the spotlight all the when, time. When you're saying disappeared, people know where he is, right? He's not actually like yeah. yeah people know where he is. He's not like disappeared, disappeared. Oh, okay, that's good. Sort of removed himself from the spotlight and everything. Shout out, <laughs> out to Jason Kumas wherever you are, mate. I also don't think he was ever fully in the spotlight. I think we just love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone who decides to play for Wales is all right in our book. I think. Yeah, I'll give you that. Right, we need your strike partnership, possibly the most exciting part of any football team. It's up. To... Uh, so, have you got particular on each side, or do you just wanted to give us one striker first? I'll just give you one striker first. Yeah. 
Right, so it was nearly one of the real strikers because I went every week, watched him play when I was a kid, always watching him. And it was nearly Andy Moran, but for Belgium in 2016, it's got to be Hal Robson-Canu. Ah, go on. I mean, yes. I'm (laughs) I'm assuming just for the absolute sending, was it three or two Belgian players for a hot dog and just, oh, that's one of the greatest moments I've ever watched football. That is, and I'll stand by this, I'll die on this hill, that is the best goal scored by a shit player of all time. <laughs> it's closely followed by Jordan Ayew's goal last season for Palace, which was unreal. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. On my scale of shit players' great goals, Hal <laughs> Robson is at the top. Or uh, Peter Crouch's strike for Stoke City. Could be right. there. You can't say Peter Crouch's shit. He's class... I mean, he's a great person and I love his podcast, but... Uh... <laughs> he scored over 100 goals in the Premier League. How is that not good? Okay, fair, fair. I mean, I love Hal robson Carney very dearly. He's like a god to me. I celebrate St. Hal's Day every year. <laughs> but, yeah. What, I mean, and what day is that, Drew? Uh, that would be the 24th of July. June. Is... July? I, I have no idea. <laughs> you don't sound too confident about it. I'm not going to lie. I think I think we can all agree, all being Welsh, we can all agree that that's probably one of the greatest moments for us watching football. Yeah. I um, I'm a grown man. I was a grown man at the time. I cried my eyes out. I remember exactly where I was. I was in a restaurant in Berlin, and they wheeled it. We were sat outside the front of it, and they wheeled the TV out and put it in, like in front, so we could all watch the football in the street. And um, Hal Robson Carney scored, and I got up. Like surrounded by people just trying to have their steak, and I was like, "Get the in!" <laughs> Becky, my uh, my fiance, just went. I had to turn around to all the other people in the restaurant, but she just went, "I'm sorry, he's well. She's very excited." <laughs> I hope at that point where she clarified you were Welsh, they all sort of understood and went back to eating their steaks. Yeah, they were just like, eh, "All right." <laughs> I thought that might be the case. I watched that game. In Italy, I was living in Italy at the time, international man of mystery that I am, <laughs> and I was sat in a sports bar surrounded by Belgians, <laughs> and it was me in a Wales shirt and a Wales flag draped around me, and three absolutely smashed Irish blokes at the back of the bar, cheering on for Wales, and yeah, that was one of the highlights of my life, and I'm not I'm not ashamed to say that. I mean, I'd like to say I've had quite a nice life, but that is up there top five moments of my life just watching him turn what was probably the favourites for that tournament or one of the favourites for that tournament I think inside out and then just think it past Courtois and then run my favourite bit about the whole thing is when he's celebrating he runs past the Wales squad because that's just how Robson Carney was like yeah uh, I've forgotten where I'm going and I'll go back to celebrate with the lads yeah just going um Back to, I think they were actually favourites in uh, all of, I think pretty much all of the betting companies had them as favourites, uh, which doesn't necessarily mean they were the best football inside. It just means the most people were voting, uh, were betting for them to win it. So a lot of people thought they were going to win it and then little whales came in and, yeah. I would, uh, to be fair, before we carry on, I would like to backtrack there. I was very disrespectful to Mr. Robson Carney there on my shit player, great goal scale. He's not a shit player. He's a very good player. Obviously, he's played the Premier League for a long time. Uh, hero of all of ours. So I just want to... Yeah. Sorry, Hal. I l- love you, mate. 
In fact, right. if we if we ever get to a point where this podcast can be done in the same room, I can imagine his shirt being in the background or something like that on wherever we. I actually have a shirt with Harold from Cardiff on it, which was purchased for me by today's guest. Yes. Oh, good... there you go then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well then, moving on to your final player, I'm assuming it's last but not least. Last uh, so we've got your other striker. And actually, it won't be your last player, will it? We need a, um, a super sub as well after it. Yes. So, my last player... And, you know, when you come above Paolo Di Canio in this list, it shows just how really, really bad at football our teams would be if this man could not finish his day. It could not finish. So it's Drew Hollins-Roberts, <laughs> the only player that can score a goal for our six-per-side team. I love the fact that our first guest, and this seems as though we've bribed him or something like that, our first guest has chosen both me and you in their team. I thank you for that. We have absolutely not arranged that. But as, as Owen said as well, only player who is able to score in our team. You get one every now and again who just puts one in. But uh, I think you have, what, like five times the number of goals as the next top goal scorer? Not that I've been counting, but I have. Um, <laughs> I have scored 38 goals in 32 games. I mean, it's a very good return now, isn't it? In context as well, it isn't a six-a-side game, so it's not like I'm banging them in all the time, just for the six aside. Eleven aside, I can't hit a barn door. I mean, it's the, it's the hold-up play for me. I don't want to say too much because it comes off as I'm bragging. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the funny thing, was like when when we played for, all three of us played for Penn and Brim, which is where um, the 11 aside team we played for, I think you played in every position in the centre of the pitch possible. I don't think I, I don't think you were ever put out on the wing anyway. Um, but you played centre back, you played centre mid. I think you played centre mid most for us, if I remember rightly. But you did play up top as well. So yeah, all over the place. Yeah, I was actually once Owen's deputy when he broke his nose, and I had to play the rest of the season in goal. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I wasn't a wasn't an avid goal scorer at any other moment in my career apart from this one six side team that we play for now. So I'd like to compare myself to Zlatan in that I have aged like a fine wine and my legs don't work consistently. I mean, yeah, Zlatan's legs still work. He, didn't he just score a bicycle kick at the weekend? Yeah, but what I mean is <laughs> he'll, his legs will work for a bit and then they'll just cut out them for a little bit and they'll be out for about six months and they'll come back and then he'll bang a few and then he'll get injured again. That's me. Fair enough. But was it Arduiz that plays for Bilbao? He was like 36 before he got a Spain call-up. Well, I'm still waiting on my Spain call-up. You'll, you'll get a Wales call-up before a Spain one, I think. <laughs> I mean, don't rule it out, you know. Is there any Spanish in your, in your family tree? Uh, no. <laughs> right, so to finish off uh, your side, we've got uh, the starting 11. We need a super sub from you. We're not going to do the full subs bench just because that would take too long. And also, there's something about a particular super sub uh, that's something special, I think. So, Owen, who is your super sub for this team? Right, so I was torn between two players for the, my super sub. One, because a lot of my mum's side of the family, they're all Man United fans. I was going to go for the super sub, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. You know, he, he was the super sub. He got the, uh, the 1999 Champions League final goal that won it for him. 
but I haven't gone for that. I've, I've stayed true to my West Ham roots and I've gone with uh, perhaps my, my favourite West Ham player of all time, Mr. Carlos Tevez. Oh, wow. Wow. Very, very good. We can also back the fact that you, you constantly wear the number 32 on your shirt, I'm assuming. Carlos Tevez. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I met him at Chester Zoo when I was out there, <laughs> there with his wife and his kids. And I got a, I got a, an autograph off him and then other people noticed who he was and he wouldn't sign anymore. <laughs> That's a very nice story about how you ruined Carlos Tevez's day at the Zoo with his family. <laughs> There's also there's also the elephant in the room about Carlos Tevez. Didn't he once refuse to come on as a sub, and you've chosen him as your super sub? Yeah, I I, I <laughs> lost over that because the fact that I love him so much that. I mean, yeah. What what we'll say is it, we'll go with the West Ham Carlos Tevez rather than who was it he was playing for when he refused? City. Yeah, I'd refuse yeah. to come off the bench for City as well. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think we're all in agreement on that one. <laughs> Carlos so, Tevez. Carlos Tevez at West Ham, was he only there for a season? He was only there for a season. And he banged um, in a free kick against United, didn't he? And then joined them. He, yeah, and then, but he kept us up that season because we were going to go down. And uh, Sheffield United got relegated instead and they still hate us. That is a perfect example as to how super agents took over the game for a little bit there because there is no way ever that Alan Pardew pulls off the double signing of Carlos Tevez and Javier Mascherano just from him being a good manager. That doesn't happen. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest, I remember that, like, when that happened as well, it was one of the weirdest things that ever happened in football in my eyes. Just both of them in, in one season just coming to, to West Ham, who at the time were just, were they even, were they mid-table or were they a bit sort of fighting for relegation? I think, We've got promoted like either the season before or a couple a couple of seasons before. Yeah. So we we were, we were not great. <laughs> and that's still true <laughs> to this day. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. That's all your players. So we'll take a quick pause, uh, and then we'll go on to the next little section. Owen, if you'd like to give us the manager for this eclectic mix of players. Right, so the manager is just as eclectic. It's coming from, again, my childhood of watching European football from the Welsh Premier League. And it is Rill's uh, noughties manager, John Hulse, because he took Rill, tiny, tiny little club, to back-to-back Champions League and Europa League qualifying for about five seasons in a row. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a strong yeah. choice. You can't really argue with it. I can't think of many better people to manage Paolo Maldini and Carlos Tevez <laughs> than Rob Hulse. <laughs> he'd, he'd jump at the chance. You know, he would. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. So, this one's interesting because the uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone, Owen, who's got more football kits than yourself. Um so we're going to ask you to pick a kit for your team. Now it doesn't necessarily have to be your favourite kit. It can just be um, one that you feel fits the team, uh, as crazy as it is. 
So just to address what George said, Owen does have a very strange mix of uh, football shirts from across the years, across the world. Uh, Showcase, I know this is an, an audio format, so you can't see him, but we can. He's currently wearing an Iceland away kit from what year? From the, what was the last World Cup, 2018? Yeah. From the 2018 World Cup. Outrageous. All right then. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that sets us up nicely to hear watch now it'll just be a plain white kit go on what, what have you got what have I got so for the kit I've gone with one of the first like international football kits that I had uh, it is the 2008 Euros Croatia home kit you all remember me having the Croatia home kit <laughs> pick this kit because it knocked England out of the European qualifying oh and that's uh... <laughs> We're trying, to, we're trying to stay impartial on this podcast <laughs> and we don't want to highlight our disdain for the English football team. <laughs> However, you're the guest, so you can say what you like. Yeah, me and Drew will stay impartial here. <laughs> right, so Croatia, classic, clean-cut kit, red, white, check on the shirt. Bosh. Yep. Yeah, and very nice. And the great thing is, that could be now or then because it hasn't changed since forever. <laughs> Good no. job, Croatia. They found their niche and they stuck with it. I mean, do do international kits change that much? Like Brazil's doesn't change ever. England's gets progressively worse. Oh no, we didn't. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, <laughs> England's like I think even England f- like fans will agree with you on that though. That it, it does usually get get worse as the seasons go on because they try and be a bit more. I don't know, out there with it. The way I can describe it at the moment, England are catering to the lads in Cavos that need a shirt to wear to park life. <laughs> yeah, it's like that guy <laughs> in the in-betweeners movie. That's exactly who it is. That guy who wants to borrow their shower, that's exactly who that kit is catered for. <laughs> I quite liked it, the England away kit, but I don't see how it would possibly be a football kit rather than just a fashion piece that some lads want to wear while they drink their Stella. Anyway. <laughs> right. So much for impartial, eh? Right, so the penultimate part of your team, Owen, uh, is the stadium. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be your uh, favourite stadium, like, looks-wise or anything like that. It can be one where a specific moment has happened that uh, you remember or just one you, like, go into or anything like that. So... Without further ado, what is your favourite stadium? Or what is the stadium you choose for this team, sorry? So, the stadium I've picked for my team is one that's very close to my heart. It's one where I've seen most of the football matches that I've been to see live have been at this stadium. I've seen European games. I've seen Swansea play there. I've seen Liverpool play there, or their kids anyway. It's uh, Bellevue Stadium in Rill, where I've seen so much football game. And I've also seen the most, the funniest thing that I've ever seen of someone trying to get into the stadium without having a ticket to watch the game. Where the guy climbed over the fence and dropped immediately in between two police officers. (laughs) They were both stood there and he fell directly between them. (laughs) Where else but real? I was going to say, you don't get more real than that, I don't think. (laughs) Lovely. Right, Owen Quilter, the first guest on this the Nostalgia FC pod. I'm going to read back to you now your decisions and your choices as the owner of this club. So you've gone for a 3-4-1-2 formation. 
In goal, you've gone for Gittis Padimakis, Lithuanian goalkeeper who once appeared against Real. If that is indeed his name. If that is indeed his name. According to Google, it is. In defence, we've got Lionel Scaloni, West Ham legend. Harry Thomas, Baker's Dozen legend. And Paolo Maldini, general football legend. And in midfield, we've got two wing-backs of Carlos Edwards and myself. Thank you very much for that one. We've got the captain in the middle of the field as Mark Noble, next to Joseph Seely Cannon for the one disallowed free kick he scored in a six-a-side game. And just in front of them, we've got Jason Kumar, but only in that one game against Norway for Wales. And then moving on to the forwards, we've got Hal robson Carnu on his crowning moment against Belgium. And we've got me, Drew Hollins-Roberts, on a six-a-side pitch, nowhere else. <laughs> for the super sub, we've got Carlos Tevez, the West Ham year, when he saved your beloved club from relegation. With Mascarona. With Mascarona, of course. Um, manager, we've got real legend John Hulse. The kit, we have Croatia's. I can't remember which year you said, if I'm perfectly honest. But like Drew said earlier, they are pretty much all the same. <laughs> and then for your stadium, we've got Bellevue Stadium in Real, home of Real Football Club, the Lily Whites. And that is your 1 to 11 Nostalgia FC Super Sub manager, kit, and stadium. Owen, can you now please name your team? And that was Barely Athletic. Barely Athletic. Which Ath- goes, goes very well with the t- with the, some of the players in that team, I think. Yeah, I think we can agree with that. Well, Owen, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you hope uh, you may appear on future podcasts. Who knows? I mean, we know because we've already asked you, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Cheers, thank Owen. You. Now we did we did warn at the beginning that there might be some left field choices, but I didn't think it would go as far as having Paolo Maldini and our good friend Joe Seely in the same team. But yeah, I mean, like George said, we warned there would be some left field choices, <laughs> and that team is ninety percent left field choices. Even when we came up with the idea for this podcast and thought, oh, people will come up with some obscure ideas. Not once did I think like you said, that we'd see a team containing me, you, our friend Harry, our friend Joe, and a Lithuanian goalkeeper who, after some research, I still can't find, called Gitis Padimakis. So I'm not convinced that he exists. So that's how obscure we're talking. So yeah, that as first episodes to concept podcasts go, I think that's uh, as well as we could have hoped for. Yeah, it's it's pretty good, I think. Uh, also, I would I would like to say as well the fact that me and Drew were in it, we did not plan that in any way. That was just Owen's choices, probably to be kind to us. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that isn't a prerequisite for any future guests. You don't have to put us in your team. And please don't. I don't have that many moments in my footballing career. <laughs> yeah, the, the more we have to talk about our own failed football careers. Um, it's probably not good for our ego. So if we could just avoid that, that'd be lovely. Yeah. Unless, I mean, if you want to put us in, then great, that's lovely. But please have stories supplied because otherwise uh, we, we don't want to waffle on too much about ourselves. So I was thinking we could do something um, 
but now looking at the team and thinking about the team, it's probably quite obvious of who the best player in the team is and who the worst player in the team is. But like I said, I think we already know that one. I mean, let's, let's do it anyway. So, <laughs> obviously, the best player on the team is uh, Gittis Padimakis. Now, of course, who we still can't find on on uh, Google in any way. No, yeah. it's obviously the best player in that team is Paolo Maldini. Yeah, no 100%. question, no question. And then worst player, I mean, it's, I mean, we love him, but it's got to be Joe Seeley, right? I mean, yeah, it does. Um, I think even he'd agree that. And we're not being big-headed and putting ourselves above him. Like, if you ever saw him play football, he—I don't think he fully knows the rules either. So, no, I, I am, I am saying that we're significantly better than him because <laughs> we like the game of football. Joe yeah. never did. Yeah, never did. Yeah, that is very true. I think he just wanted to uh, to take part when we had him in our football team. Yeah, he just wanted some friends. That's nice. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Um, with what do we think about the? So the manager choice is another left field one. Uh, but the reason behind it, you can't really argue with. No, I mean, taking a club like Real in the Welsh Premier League, as they were at the time, to, to European football is pretty special. Yeah, I mean, nice. I can't talk about this too much because I was calling him Rob throughout the whole podcast when his name is John. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> we did find this out afterwards after uh, listening to it back, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll brush over that one. Yeah, apologies. So, if, he, if he ever listens to this podcast, we do apologise. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Kit-wise, uh, kit I'm thinking Croatia, classic, clean cut, can't go wrong with that. Never changes. Yeah. yeah. I do like I do like a team that have got a specific pattern for their team to sort of stick to it. Uh, I would have said Barcelona, but recently they've come out with, with different versions of that kit. Yeah, but it's, like, that. So it, it's like Celtic with the hoops, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do I do like it when, when a team has their... Uh, same with Arsenal as well, I guess, with the white sleeves. Yeah, it's almost um, like part of their identity of the club, really. Yeah, exactly. And it's nice to see that they don't change it much. Yeah. Uh, and I do like that Croatia kit, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah, it's lovely. And then Stadium, Bellevue and Rill. If anyone's yeah. ever been to Rill, you'll know that it's um, it's something. It's a unique little town. It's on the up and up. Keeping it real. There's always sunny in Rill. Um, <laughs> the stadium itself has seen better days. Um, but And there's glory days where... Big John Hulse, not Rob, was taking them to Europe. Saw some great European nights. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, and they do have a decent, uh, with as well as being a small town and a small um, club, they do have a decent following and quite a loyal following as well, which is always nice to see, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, following your local team. Yeah, exactly. Which neither of us can say because we support teams that are very far away from us. Nah, Wrexham's 50 minutes away, you know. <laughs> Close and before, before, like... <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever going to accuse me of this. I was a fan long before Ryan Reynolds and Rob McKelleny were going to buy it. So let's I just get that in now. I've got pictures of me as a young kid in Wrexham tops. I don't want any of this glory hunting. I can vouch for that. Yeah. I have had an affiliation with Wrexham, but not quite as much as George. I did go to the FA Trophy final when it was at Wembley. But what a day. That was a great day, but I have to be honest, that was me glory seeking. I didn't really follow them before that, just went because I wanted to go to Wembley. It was nice. Yeah. They went to Wembley um three times in two years, I think it was. Which was go. insane. And now yeah. they almost got relegated. So it's a it's a weird time. Yeah, yeah, but hey, there you go. So that was our first episode. I think it went pretty well. I think so, yeah. Obviously, uh, the more we do it, the more polished we'll get and the more sort of comfortable we'll get with it. But yeah, and hopefully we won't have to do them all over Zoom either. That's true. Yeah, we are. We are in these uncertain times in this lockdown world. 
myself and George live in the same town in North Wales, but we are in separate houses because of yeah. current fire break lockdown we find ourselves in. But that is soon to be relieved, so hopefully that will uh, enable us to do some more uh, podcasts in the same room, which would be nice. Unfortunately, most of our guests will have to be beamed in via satellite, internet, all that jazz. But that's the world we live in. We've got to make adjustments, eh? Yeah. You feel like whoever whoever created Zoom is raking it in right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, just, I just upgraded to Pro, so you're welcome, Mr. Zoom. <laughs> Father, thank you for letting us see this. Great. Nice one. Yeah, um, yeah so... That is the first podcast out of the way and done. Like we said, we are new at this, so it's going to sound a bit rough around the edges to begin with, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Going to be on the up and up. Yeah. So um, if anyone's, if anyone would like to get in contact with us in any way to let us know that they either enjoyed the podcast or give us any feedback of anything we could do better, we're always open to things like that. Um, we do have, we have just created a Twitter handle, Drew. Yeah, so Twitter, if you want to follow us on Twitter, which of course you do because we're going to tweet probably nothing, but it's good. It's, it's there. Uh, so it is at Nostalgia FC Pod. So Nostalgia FC is the name of our podcast. That is where you will find us on Twitter for any updates about upcoming ep- episodes, new guests, um, anything else that we may be doing along the way. Um, this is a new journey for myself and George. We've not done anything like this before, um, but everyone's got to start somewhere eh? so if you're interested exactly. in following the journey come follow us on twitter stay tuned we'll be posting this podcast in a plethora of places once we figure out how to edit it um, but yeah that was owen quilters nostalgia fc team barely athletic first one in the bag and what a team it was what <laughs> a team it was brilliant well Thank you for listening, and we will be back soon with a different guest um, with hopefully some more uh, left-field choices as well. Maybe not as left-field as that, but we'll see. (laughs) Thanks again. Thank you. Bye-bye.